Uh, first, I'll tell them, get your marketing right, uh, particularly uh, what makes a big business. When I say marketing, that encompasses your, uh, your offer, your business model and everything. If you mm. get that right, I believe strongly that what makes a business, a big business, or what makes a business successful and the one that fails is the business model. So you must get your pricing right. Like it's extremely important. You know, you know, most businesses and because of what we do, we have worked in more than 60 different industries. So we get to see this a lot. Business entrepreneurs, startups just have an idea. The next thing they have, they want to do is, hey, boom, let's just go and, you know, do stuff. Without having, you know, without sitting down to get their marketing right. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups and uh, seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, feel free to go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, uh, Johnson Emanuel, and uh, Johnson was um, is uh was started a life as born in Africa, raised there, uh, grew up there, uh, learning to work hard in in order to be successful and and seeing that that's uh, one of the the drivers of of success. Got into investing for a period of time, um, then went through the internet boom and and bust in uh, 2000. Um, In 2004, got into a a business course for uh, providing service. And uh, then after that, in 2008, started a small business. And uh, then 2016, got going with a a bit of what he's doing today. And he'll jump into that a bit more. So with that much as uh, intro to the podcast, welcome on to the podcast, Johnson. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the show today. Absolutely. So I gave kind of that brief high level run through of your journey, but now let's go back in time a little bit. So tell us a little bit about uh, growing up in Africa and kind of how your journey got started. So basically, I'm an African. I was born in Africa, even though I live in the US currently. Mm. So um, what happened was that in 2000, there was this boom of dot com boom in 2000. So I, I was studying the internet, trying to find out how to make a living from the internet when the dot com boom happened. But, mm. but the thing is, most people in Africa did not really appreciate the dot com boom. Like it didn't make sense to a lot of people that you could sleep at night and wake up to have some credits in your bank account. It didn't make sense to them. Mm. So in 2004, I got professionally into the internet making money thing. Then uh, we're getting some clients. In 2008, I felt it was time to stop working with clients who are are based in Africa. My reason Mm. was simple. One, I wanted to end the US dollars. Two, I felt most people in Africa did not quite understand what it meant, you know, um, using the internet to grow their business or get customers. It didn't make sense to them. So you Mm. walk in to, to, to have a meeting with a client after conversation, after having lengthy discussion with the client, most times what you're going to hear is, uh, I'm not sure this is going to work. So um, it was pretty difficult at the time. That was 2008. But now, as we speak, as now everything has changed. But in 2008, mm. it wasn't that it was that um, difficult. So another challenge I faced then was PayPass. I speak to you until this moment. PayPass does not allow most African countries, including Nigeria, to receive payment. So you can mm. only use PayPass to buy stuff but you hmm. can't use it to receive payment. So that was the challenge I had then. So most of my clients would have to pay me through Western Union money transfer. 
So, and imagine when somebody somebody wants to pay you, the person has to drive some kilometers away to go use Western Union money transfer to make payment to you. And not everybody can do it. So naturally, I was losing client. Mm. So I decided that I was going to do something about it. Boom, it was time for me. I felt it was time to go incorporate in the US. So through contact and friends, I had to travel to the United States. And in 2008, 2009, and then we started, everything was good. We could have a bank account, we could operate and stuff like that. So uh, oh, working in 2000 and um, um, the business was doing well, but we took off very, very well. Like we took off in 2016. That's when we started growing right. like crazy. Jumping just, just back just for a second. So the 2008, mm-hmm. you said, okay, uh, you know, we were getting some, you were, you rode the internet boom for a period of time. You're offering those mm-hmm. services, you're helping clients out. And then you're saying, okay, you know, it makes it difficult to pick up clients or otherwise have that because if they can only, you, if I can only use PayPal to buy things and they can't, you can't really have that exchange of currency. So you decided, mm-hmm. to, so when you decided, okay, I'm, I need to make a change or adjustment, did you move over to the US or did you have a partner in the US and you stayed in Africa or kind of, how did that, how did you go or go about setting that up? I, I had a partner in the US, I eventually left to over to the US. So I stayed mm. in the US from that 2008, uh, 2009, I stayed in the US and then where, of course, I live currently. So I shot mm. up between the US and Africa right now. So I had to do that. And I'm grateful I took that decision because a lot of people at the time were telling me that it was going to be a disastrous decision. But I, mm. I, just, I just know how to listen to my gods. So I listened to my gods and the right thing to do to me then was to just go to the US and you know, do this stuff. So from the US, we started growing. We could get clients to work with clients from all over the world. So boom. And 2016, we grew, we started growing like crazy. Yeah, hmm. we we're doing well from between 2009 and 2016. We we're doing well, but not as much as I wanted us to do. But in 2016, that was when we kicked in. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is where I wanted, where I've always wanted us to be. So what I always tell people is, uh, if you see the success of 2016, don't forget that the work started in 2004. So, they, so it looks like an overnight success, but it's not actually an overnight success. So now one question, just and I know I keep going back just a little bit, but just filling in a couple or interesting points for at least myself. So you, you know, you say, okay, I need to be in the U.S. I want to do that. You know, how did you make the initial, you know, the partner that you partnered up with and work with in the U.S. that helped you mm-hmm. get these kind of launch and transition? How did you connect up with them? You know, was it a friend that had previously moved there? Was it someone you met online? Kind of how did you make that connection that aided in that transition? Okay, I, I at the time I was always reading a blog post. There's this Australian guy who lives in the U.S. I was mm. only reading the blog post that we met. We started having this community. So um, there's a warrior forum. At the time, I, I'm not sure if he's still existing now, but I don't visit them again. There's this warrior forum. We always talk. We meet. We exchange ideas. We're always chatting. From there, I, I, one day I was just telling him, look, dude, this is the challenge I'm having right now. So like, okay, why don't we partner? Since you have the expertise and I live in the U.S., I could make mm. things move fast in the U.S. So we had to partner ourselves together. So I brought in the expertise while he handles the financial side of things. Okay. No, it definitely makes sense. So now you did that, you partner, how long did you partner with them or how long did you, once you got into the U S did you, did you do things with them? No, when I partnered with him, we partnered until 2011. Uh, Hmm. Then we had to say, Hey, dude, thanks for your help. I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. So like, Oh, dude, you said to now you feel comfortable. You can run things on yourself. I said, sure, I can. So we're good like that. And that's how we went. Hmm. 
So now what made you, just out of curiosity, and you touched on it a bit, what made you decide to, hey, let's go our separate ways? Was it, hey, he was busy and doing other things, or you wanted to go in a different direction, or kind of, because, you know, you initially came over here, partnered up with them, did that. Was it just a matter, you know, what kind of made you guys say, hey, we'll split ways, and you you go your way, and I'll go my way? We, we didn't have any issue. The guy is a great guy. We'll still speak until this day. But mm. my goal was for partnering at the time. I felt I wanted someone to hold me, to teach me what I didn't know, you know, like about the financial side of things, the tax side of things. So that is where he has his own expertise. So I didn't understand the U.S. market very well at the time. And he does. He has some basic understanding of the U.S. market. So I had to stay with him. We had to partner within that period. I, I was never, within me, I knew that the partnership was not going to be for life. It was good. at some point, we're going to, you know, go our separate way. But I wasn't sure where, when we're going mm. to go our separate way. So that's it. So now, so you, you said, okay, now I'm going to go, go my own way. I'm going to set my own thing and continue on. So as you're doing that, um, you know, how did that go? Was it continuing to go well? Were you able to continue to be successful to take it? You know, was it an adjustment where you didn't have a partner or someone to help, you know, offset skills and whatnot, or kind of how did that transition go as you're as continuing to build now that you're kind of split off and on on your own? No, no, basically before we, I split it off with my friend, I've already built relationship. Like I'm a relationship guy. Like mm. I, I can reach anyone I want to reach. If I if I cannot reach the person directly, trust me, within my network, I have someone who can reach the person. So mm. because I had that rich contact and connection, I knew that even if we went our separate ways, I was gonna be fine. Initially, it was uh, for the first six months it was a bit rocky, but he mm. was always there to provide support. Like he was always there to provide support to help me, you know, get trans and then so at eleven, mm. I felt good. I told him, dude, I think. I can do things now. So thanks for your help. Hmm. Okay. So now, so now you, you kind of you say, okay, I can do things on my own. I've got the connections. I've got things set up, and I can figure out how it's going. Since you've then branched off, and then uh, or ongoing even 2016, how is that? How are things gone so far? Is it continue to build? Has there been any pivots or kind of where is that brought or how's that uh, brought you to where you're at today? Okay. As we where we are now, when we started running our agency from that 2011, 2015, 2016, we took off. The agency was doing really well. And, you know, about 2020, last year, after the, during the, the lockdown, I started feeling like, I think I'm tired of the agency kind of thing. Maybe it's time to begin to look into technology, you know, building technological tools, related to marketing tools. So that's where I'm trying to move our agency from just an agency to a marketing technology company. So that's mm. that's how we've moved, you know, all, all, all uh, that's why, how we are trying to transcend and navigate into or pivot into other areas. Okay, no, makes perfect. Uh, make, makes sense. So now, now saying that kind of brings us up to where you're at today, now kind of looking at the next, you know, six to 12 months, where do you see things headed? Kind of what's the next steps? Well, uh, right now we have a lot of clients we've signed agreement, we've signed contract with that will stay with us for the next three years. So we're still going to be working with clients. We're still going to accept some clients selectively. We're going to have shorter contracts with them, maybe six months, 12 months with them. Uh, the goal is still to help them while we gradually navigate into or uh, pivoting to becoming a technology company. Okay, no, 
makes or makes sense. So it sounds like a, an addition, or a fun direction to be in, kind of or continuing to adjust and pivot and shift towards becoming more and more of a technology company. Well, now as we kind of start to, to wrap up, you know, kind of gone through your journey and a little bit of where you're heading in the future, I always ask two questions towards the end of the podcast. So we'll go ahead and uh, dive to those now. So the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that, that's a good question. I, I think I've made quite a lot and I'm not sure which one is the worst right now, but Mm. Uh, what, what I think um, was, you know, and I see a lot of marketing agencies do it, was the worst decision I made was uh, my reluctance or our reluctance as a company to begin to spend earlier on marketing ad. So you run a marketing agency mm. and then you find it difficult to spend money to acquire customers because you feel that you can use um, content marketing, which is true, you can actually get it, but it makes things a bit far. And you, you're, you're literally allowing Google to control everything. When you begin mm -hmm. to spend money on ads, you are in control. You manage everything. You dictate your future. So that's the worst mistake we made, we, I think we made. You know, but the way we corrected that was to, hey, dude, I woke up one morning, I called all my team together, I took to them, dude, we're going to kill this. We're going to start spending money on ad tomorrow mm. morning. They'd be like, hey, come on. Yes, we're starting that tomorrow. Like, ah, is mm. it not too sudden? I said, no, it's not too sudden. And that has helped our business to explode. Oh, cool. No, it definitely is exciting. So something to make or something to learn from. And I, I, I certainly get where you're coming from. I mean, there's kind of two trains of thought, right? One in the sense that if you you get into paid advertising, then you're always having to pay for leads versus if you can do SEO or you can do otherwise mm -hmm. organic searching, then you're, you know, not, or you can do social and those type of things. Then you're able yes. to generate that without having to pay. And on, but by the flip side, as soon as they switch their algorithms, as soon as they change something, you can go from a lot of free search traffic into nothing at all. So there's definitely a balance in figuring out what, you know, what level of control versus what level you want to pay for that control type of thing. So that exactly. makes sense. It Personally, I just like to be in control all the time. Hmm. So now jumping maybe to the, the second question I always ask in the podcast, which is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a, a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, first, I'll tell them, get your marketing right. Uh, particularly, uh, what makes a big business? When I say marketing, that encompasses your, uh, your offer, your business model and everything. If you get that right, I believe strongly that what makes a business, a big business, or what makes a business successful and the one that fails is the business model. So you must get your pricing right. Like, it's extremely important. You know, you know most businesses, and because of what we do, we have worked in more than 60 different industries. So we get to see this a lot. Business entrepreneurs, startups just have an idea. The next thing they have, they want to do is, hey, boom, let's just go and, you know, do stuff. Without having, you know, without sitting down to get mm. their marketing right. So you must get that. You must get your business model right. How are you going to make money? It's very, very, very important. If you get your pricing well, you get your offer well, and you get good copy, and you can run ad well, you're going to win. If you don't, then a competitor with a crappy product is going to win you. Mm. No, I, I definitely, I, and I think that, you know, one thing that's interesting is sometimes you think, hey, if I build a great product, if it's just awesome, everybody will be pounding down my doors to get to it, which is 
occasionally the case, but 99% of the time, you're going to have to have that marketing, that sales, that outreach, the ability to actually let customers that may think your product is awesome, know about it. And if you never reach them, they're not going to be able to buy it because they don't even know. So I think incorporating in that marketing plan as far and you know, how you're going to reach customers and that outreach definitely is a, something that should be considered earlier on rather than waiting till, you know, after you try and get everything done and then trying to figure out how to actually sell this. So, so I, I absolutely agree with you. Businesses, startups should focus on day one. You know, one thing, I'm, and I'm not, I see this a lot as somebody who works with startup, you know, they spend a lot of money on with developers, like they could spend lots of money with on development and research, R&D and all those kind of things. When it's time for marketing, that's where they want to say, let's cut the budget, let's cut the budget. And mm. marketing, if you build the greatest product in the world, and your mm. marketing is faulty, you're not going to win. And even big organizations are saying it. They are beginning to buy, like, I mean, uh, uh, big companies right now are buying audiences of smaller companies because they understand that if they have a market, they can sell, they can build and build and sell. And that's what I think all startups should do. Before you even launch, you should begin to do marketing. That's just the truth. Hmm. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that on that point. So, well, now as we start to wrap up the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they want to find out more about your services, they want to be a client, a customer, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out and find out more? Go to johnsonemanuel.com. Or you can also uh, go to Twitter, just um, type in on the search bar, type in Johnson Emmanuel. You're going to see my smiling face popping at you. And then you can also go to Havenza.com. That's our agency, Havenza, H-A-V-N-Z-E-R.com. You, you're going to find us though, you know, doing lots of stuff like that. Just Google Johnson Emmanuel. You see lots of stuff that you can consume and you can reach out to me. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, find out more and uh, use your services if they're, if they're in need of them. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up the podcast. And thank you, Johnson, for coming on. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you want to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Love to t- or share a journey. Also, a couple more things. If you're a listener, um, one, make sure to click subscribe on your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so new people can find us. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, reach out to us at Miller IP Law by just going to strategymeeting.com. Thank you again, Johnson, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time.